the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. You see, Lucifer was power hungry. Nebuchadnezzar was praise hungry. He was so hungry, he praised himself. God reacted just like he reacted with Lucifer. In verse 31, it says the words were still on his lips. What words? He was saying, as he was saying, I did all this for the glory of my majesty. While the words were still on his lips, when a voice came from heaven and said, this is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you. You will be driven away from people. You will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. Wow. Then you have, you say, well, that's Lucifer and that's King Nebuchadnezzar. I can't relate to those guys. Well, can you relate to the farmer over in Luke chapter 12 who he had become rich? And Jesus told this parable, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And the rich man thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I I got this idea. I'm going to build some bigger barns and there I will store all of my grain and all of my goods. And then I'm going to say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many, many years. Why don't you just take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry? But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you, and then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? You see, this man was not power hungry. He was not praise hungry. He was possession hungry. He was pleasure hungry. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, this is not rocket science. There is nothing wrong with having passions and drives and ambitions. God put those abilities within you. But beatitude number four, kingdom principle number four, isn't blessed are those who hunger and thirst for pleasure. 
It isn't blessed are those who hunger and thirst for wealth or for recognition. It isn't blessed are those who hunger and thirst for power. No kingdom principle number four says that true blessing comes when you pursue, when you hunger, when you thirst for righteousness, for the things of God. Oh, there are many passages in the Bible, not just the Beatitudes, that reveal to us, write this down, that there should be this desire in us to desire godly things. It should be there. And all you have to do is look at the last seven days of your life since you were here last week. What did you do from last Sunday till this Sunday? Where? What, what, what consumes you? What, what motivated you? What was it that activated you? Where did most of your time go? What did you spend most of your energies on the last seven days? The psalmist said in Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul thirsts, and it's a word that means continually. It's not something, well, I'm going to desire God today, but I'm not going to do it the rest of these days. No, it says that my soul thirsts continually for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Psalm chapter 63, he said, oh God, oh God, you are my God. Not, not Hollywood, you're my God. Money, you're my God. Pleasure, you're my God. Applause, you're my God iPhone 13, you're my, you're my God. No, he says, oh God, you are my God. And oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, 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 I seek you. My soul, my soul thirsts for you. My, my body, this body longs to be famous on TikTok. Mm -mm. he said my body longs for you in this dry and weary land where there is no water and I have to point this out this is truth magnified this is truth personified I want you to write this down and understand that we're seeking not your righteousness we're seeking God's righteousness and they are as different as night from day Isaiah 64 says that your righteousness, in other words, and you know, I'm I'm just, you know this, most people in this country are not prepared to meet God. And I've got news for you, most people in this country are not going to go to heaven. There are very few people in this country living for God. Very few. You're in the minority. Most people, remember the Bible says there's a narrow road that leads to heaven and there's a broad road that leads to destruction. And most people are on that broad road that leads to destruction. But those who believe they're, they're, one day all those people are going to die and right before they die, they, they're, they're going to wonder what's going to happen to me now and, and uh, am I going to get to go to heaven? And most of the justification in people's minds for getting into heaven is they just believe that they're just a good person and that they've They've done some good deeds in their life, and again, they haven't murdered anybody, and they're just, you know, they've got along with people, so they believe that they're going to get in based on those good deeds, 
And the book of Isaiah says that all of your righteous deeds are nothing but filthy rags. In other words, those deeds are worth nothing as far as you getting into heaven. Nothing to do with you getting into heaven. But to pursue righteousness means to pursue God's righteousness. But Romans 5 explains, this is, this is God's righteousness. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by our faith into this grace in which we now stand. God's righteousness took place when Jesus went on the cross and Jesus dies on that cross for all of our sins. And when we come along and put our faith in Him, that's how we have peace with God and that's how we have access to God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's God's righteousness. Are you with me on this? Now, I'm going to hop back over, back over to the first stepping stone. Because you really do not understand this stepping stone, beatitude number four, until you understand one, two, and three. So let me review. Stepping stone number one is you begin by recognizing God, that He's the creator of all, that every breath you take is because of His grace and His goodness in your life, that you are nothing without Him. Why, you would fall over dead this second if it wasn't for him. He's the one that feeds you and clothes you and and gives you water to to drink and food to eat and keeps that ticker ticking. You don't keep your ticker ticking. I'm going to write a whole sermon on that. He's the one that keeps your ticker ticking. I'd be careful to mock God when he's the one keeping the ticker ticking. I've got to preach a sermon on that. Man, remind me to do that. So you cry out, God, I'm nothing without you. I, I, you're, you become a beggar. A beggar. Because nothing in this world is going to help you. You cry out to God. Then you begin to see honestly, truthfully who you are. And you begin to mourn over your frailty, over your sinfulness. The times that you have dishonored God. And you mourn, and God sees that you're legit. And He brings you comfort, and He restores your soul. He heals you, He forgives you, He redeems you, amen? And only then can you get to the third stepping stone, which is meekness. You're not going to get here unless you've been over there. It requires humility here and gentleness. And you begin to serve those around you. And if you're not careful, you start to think that your gentleness and your kindness and your good deeds in helping others is what saves you. And Jesus is saying, those things don't save you. In my kingdom, the kingdom of God, this new kingdom, you've got to get to that fourth stepping stone where you begin to hunger and thirst, not for the things of this earth, but you realize that God and God's righteousness is the only thing that can save you and redeem you as you submit yourself to God and to His righteousness. Are you with me? You can't get here except you realize those other three stepping stones and now you get to the point because a lot of people 
A lot of people think that stepping stone number three is what saves you. Being kind and gentle and serving does not save you. God's righteousness is what saves you. Amen? Now, there's a driving pursuit, there's a divine pursuit, but there's a definitive pursuit. Something definite happens to you if you truly hunger and thirst after God's righteousness. Then and only then will you be satisfied. Content. Knowing that the things of this world don't satisfy, that only Jesus can satisfy. Oh, it's a great place to be. I want you to turn to John chapter 6. Please take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 6, okay? Jesus is teaching, and there's, the Bible says 5,000 people show up. And the way they counted back in those days, ladies, don't be offended by this, but they didn't really count you. And, and they didn't count children. They just counted men. They were, they were very, very sexist back in those days. So when the Bible says that there were 5,000, there were probably 10,000 or 20,000 people there. There were not 5,000 men out there on that hill. Men couldn't even get there without the woman helping them. Amen. <laughs> so there's 10, 15, 20,000 people there that day. And we probably have, just honestly here, we have less than 2,000 people in this room right here. Think about 10 times this many people all showing up to hear Jesus. And they just went out there because they'd heard stuff about him. And they were just going to go take a quick look and they were going to continue on their way. But the way he was teaching and what he was teaching, they stayed. And they were there all day long. It was hot. The sun was shining. They did not have In-N-Out burgers back in those days. (laughs) You couldn't say, I'm going to go get something to eat and go across the street and come back. They didn't have convenience stores back in those days. So these people had been there all day long. And the disciples came and said, the people are hungry, we've got to feed them. And Jesus said, what do we have? And they said, we got nothing. He goes, we've got to find something. They found a little boy who had five loaves of bread. And not these big loaves with 24 slices like you buy across the street. These are little tiny like dinner rolls. He had five of them. And he had two little sardines. They weren't like salmon, like little sardines. His mom had put in a sack lunch for him. Probably dropped it ten times on the way there. (laughs) No refrigeration. And the disciples said, we found this little boy. He's got five of these little dinner rolls and got two little sardines. And Jesus said, that's good enough. Give it to me. And Jesus prayed and he blessed it. And he began to break that bread. And he said, here, take this and take this. Go feed them. And they took these baskets, and he just, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I mean, if I broke a piece of bread and gave it to a thousand people, that's not one miracle. That's like like thousand. That's a thousand miracles. Just this miracle, miracle, miracle. They fed all those people, and when they were done, they had 12 basketfuls left over. You read the story. Most people stop reading the story, but read the rest of it. The people all said, that guy is a, he must be a prophet. You think? (laughs) That guy must be the Messiah. And the Bible says this in John chapter 6, verse 15. It says that they made Jesus a king by force. You say, what does that mean? 
Well, it means that they just determined outright that, hey, this guy is our new leader. We're going to follow him. He is our leader. Why? Because he did all these miracles. He fed them. Amen? So, after a long day of ministry, they were tired. Been working all day, feeding all those people. They go across, the disciples go across the lake for a little R&R, and guess who shows up? Jesus shows up. And they start having this little conversation, and this is at the end of John chapter 6. Now, you have to remember the miracles that have taken place all day, and I just want to read this to you. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me. He's talking to his disciples. You're looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and you had, your stomachs are full. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you on him. God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then they asked him, well, what, pay attention to the question, what must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one whom he has sent. So they asked him, well, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it? What are you talking about? You just saw him feed 5,000 people with two little fish. Yeah, but we need to see another miracle. We saw those miracles, but what's the next miracle you're going to perform? What are you going to do, God? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. Remember that day after day after. In other words, they're saying, we want to see this miracle done every single day if you can. For it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to this world. Sir, they said, from now on, give us that kind of bread. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never thirst again. Woo! I want you to write this down. Only Jesus saves and only Jesus satisfies. Only Jesus saves and only Jesus satisfies. Some of you are out chasing. I mean, all week long you're chasing the things of the world. You need to be chasing the things of God because the things of God are the only things that can bring you peace and happiness and joy in here. I will tell you this. I went outside and stood between the services out here. You say, well, I never see you. Well, because I can't be all places at the same time. (laughs) But I was standing out front and person after person after person came up and just said, will you pray for me? I'm just so depressed. I'm caught up in depression. Everybody's living in fear. It's because you're looking at the things that the world wants you to look at. And learn how to turn off all 
social media, all television, all media, all newscasters, entertainers. Get your eyes off the things of this world and get your eyes in the, I guarantee you, if you would tune the world out and just start to seek the things of God, that depression would go away. That loneliness would go away. Your heartache will go away. Your lack of peace will go away. Because there's only one way you will ever truly be satisfied and filled. And that is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and you seek God and seek God's righteousness. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, one thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. Hi, my name is Kathy, and I lead the Anchor Cancer Support Group here at Shepherd Church. On August 17th, 2011, I heard the words that nobody wants to hear, and that is, I had cancer. And when I had um, that diagnosis, I did not want to share it with anybody, but God had a different plan in that for me. And so it was pretty clear that during my surgery, my chemo, my radiation, all the side effects that I experienced, and even losing my hair, that God knew that I was going to be where I am today. The things that I experienced when I was going through my journey by getting love from other people, getting food, getting prayers, uh, even provisions that I didn't expect was such a blessing to me that I knew that I had to turn it around and give it to others. So God put it on my heart to lead a cancer support life group in my home. We call on each other, we take each other to our doctor's appointments, and we pray for each other right before we're getting ready to go in for our treatments or our scans. We also provide food and and support for them during their journey. Later on, when I was ready to start the group, God gave me the name Anchor. 
And I know now why. Because when you think of an anchor, you know that it is linked to a chain. And the members of this group are the links of that chain. That we're linked on to one another, strong, standing firm to our Father, who is our anchor. And together we walk this journey with them through this storm, knowing that we need to depend on each other and through our Father in heaven. This group is for everyone. If you're going through cancer, if you've already gone through all of your treatments and you are in remission, it's also for those that are part of the family. Maybe it's you're the caregiver. Maybe it's your coworker. It also could be for the spouse or the children. And more important, this group is for those that have lost someone that have finally gone to see our Father in heaven. And they come back and they share their journey and they love on one another because they've walked that. There are a million and a half people in Los Angeles County living with some form of cancer. And I am so grateful to Shepherd Church for opening up their doors to allow us to have this amazing ministry here. The people of this community need this ministry. And we are so happy to be able to have it here so that we can give them hope and encouragement during their journey. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.